Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wake up in the morning feeling like Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman Hi, I'm Nolly Waterman. I'm Laura Jane Jones. And this is the Tryhards Podcast, Season 2. Okay, we're recording. Bring, 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 hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm in London, LJ. I'm in Cardiff. We're in different, we're actually in different countries. The yeah, first time ever we have podded globally, <laughs> internationally. We're going global. <laughs> Feels very weird. It feels like I'm not strange that I haven't got you staring at my eyes, telling me they're distracting you. I was literally just going to say, I feel like I feel very odd sat in my room without golf balls staring back at me. I think I need to like make. (laughs) Anyway, we've got another first this week, haven't we? Yeah, we have got some non rugby guestage on the pod for the first time ever. And actually, like a little bit of sporting um royalty oh big time big time yeah. like and I, should so we reveal it yet or save it you do the big reveal only because you are such a nose when it comes to this sport as well so nolly and i went to an event at the oval which we will tell you about a bit more later on but whilst with we were there with laureus which we will tell you about but we sat down with 2005 Ashes winning captain Michael Vaughan. And, and I've it never was amazing. Seen, I felt like I'd gone into a panorama and, <laughs> <laughs> and LJ wanted to ask as many... Po- I had to actually stop the interview just to get my questions in. But anyway, keep listening after our roundup of the World Cup and a little bit on Match Pint. Um, because a little bit. A Are we only going to... Are we only going to talk a little bit about Match Pint because you're doing so badly? <laughs> I have had an absolute stinker. Honestly, I was so excited. Try Hard League. I absolutely nailed it in the Six Nations. Thought I'd bring my form to the World Cup. And basically, I have been, well... Shown up. Yeah, terrible out of the 199 people currently in the tryhards league you are exactly mid-table in 100th place 
I know, I thought I'd... I mean, that's quite a nice number. Um, yeah. Oh, and I'm also... This is what is actually hurting me. I can understand Try Hard's League. Like, I'm pretty upset about that. My friend Pat has told me that he's happy he's above both of us but anyway yeah well on sunday on sunday karen jones my mother was like oh i'm above both you and nolly all right get like have a day off but did you see um so someone special on the league johnny leota um, for all of you rugby fans out there um samoan international and played up in sale and is now living up there um working hard behind the scenes um has rugby yarns we will be talking about that at a later date but he messaged us on instagram after him saying that basically he was going to be the champ and he's sat in between us at the moment yeah <laughs> so Which, i mean doing, they're a worse place to be we've got to give a big shout out to george lambert who actually leads the tryhards league with three perfect predictions so far i think that's unbelievable techers and also can i give a shout out to charlie cutting who's coming second mainly because i like his name great name <laughs> that's a solid name isn't it it's a very good I mean, name bit of alliteration I'm... is it alliteration because it's a ch and a k I don't know, mate. Oh, okay. All I remember from school is onomatopoeia, personification. Anyone um, else? Can't... I've, I've got nothing to offer here. I can't remember anything. <laughs> um, just, I was going to just, just say, though, I, my match pint, I started with the perfect prediction for the Japan-Russia game. And then I nosedive and I bought it back. And obviously, I got it spot on for the Wales game today. Did you? Yep, spot on. So I've got two uh, perfect I predictions. How you crept up the league. Well, I've now got I've in a pint for myself, and I've got a pint to gift. So I haven't gifted it yet because I've been thinking very hard. <coughs> but yeah, I feel like I might send it to you because you've been doing so badly. But you know what I did do? What did you do? I did guess the New Zealand South Africa score bang on no i didn't i guessed another game bang on i can't remember which one but i definitely did i went but anyway, for south africa to win that game well that that was never going to happen um they wow. were just well new zealand were just toying with them they've been toying with the world haven't they they've just been yeah. like let's make it interesting let's make the chat a little bit like anyone could win it of course they can't new zealand's gonna do it anyway um i've had a couple of messages just to clarify and i want to clarify okay. some of the rules for match points so Big shout out down into Western Supermare. We visited them not that long ago and they are dying to have their free pints. But you can only win two pints per round. We are in round one at the moment. At the end of round one, there will be prizes, but you can only win two pints. One of them for yourself and one of them to gift. Yeah. Obviously, Responsible drinking. if you're a popular person, lots of people gifting you them. I've been gifted one from my friend Layla. I've um, been gifted one by Sam. Oh, well, there you go. But you can only have... You can only have one pint per day. So if you've got seven mates, potentially you could have seven gifted pints, but you could only have one a day. And go to the pub every day. That is my (laughs) kind of life. Well, to be fair, most people, if they live in the rugby dream, then, well, maybe not go into the pub. I I mean, the Wales kickoff was like 11.15. That was an ideal time to have a little lunchtime aperitif, a little Guinness and Black with lunch. But I was working for bbc today so we actually had pink oh, lemonade and scones it's not scones it's scones yeah but it's cones so it's scones it's not you're not posh so it's I definitely think that's not posh scones. i think it's just common sense mate it's definitely scones and there's always a debate about jam and cream what do you do jam then clotted cream well 
there's always I can't remember which way I know is, one's the Devon be, way Devon, one's the Cornwall yeah. way isn't it yeah and mum's down in Devon so Dane Devon so I should know but I don't like cream so it doesn't make any difference to me I just um, have jam I also made cheese scones and I put marmite butter terrible it was delicious Why, mate see these things I don't understand. A sweet thing is a sweet thing. Why add cheese? It's like yeah, having no a... There's no sugar in, par- in a savoury cheese scone, you idiot. Well, yeah, but it's it's supposed to be sweet. It's supposed to have it with... I'm dribbling. Having it with jam and cream. Right. Um, but it's like having pancakes. If you're going to have a pancake, it's a sweet thing. It's a dessert. Oh, don't put more. cheese and ham in it. Couldn't disagree more, mate. Tell you what, I am looking forward to um, the pancake maker people on um you know the christmas stalls oh yeah unbelievable they are unbelievable the pancake make people (laughs) like the crappery the pancake make people oh yeah oh mate anyway we digress um should we talk a little bit about the rugby yeah i (sighs) tell you what why don't we start with underwhelmed why don't we start with italy namibia um there was a fantastic co-commentator on that game i tweeted about it and a few people replied and they were like i thought exactly the same do you know who it is i was like yeah it's nolly obviously like why else would i be such a kino at like seven o'clock in the morning no 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 6 15 kickoff yeah yeah that was an early one 4 30 alarm was um pretty early i actually had some sympathy from the work that you were doing not that long ago um because i crashed and burned but i had an amazing time doing my first ever world cup game oh my god it kind of when i think about it it's a bit surreal that i am working um in the commentary team but simon ward the lead commentator was great um it was it's a challenge doing it um as we're doing it but it, in in this country but it's all really good and yeah i feel really honored to be part of it and I, like i actually mean that it's um, so epic it's so epic for a woman to be on you know it's it's one thing i think being part of a punditry panel but to to be commentating on the games to me i think is even more incredible and i think you should be really proud of yourself are you being nice um no <laughs> anyway ginger photo uh, um italy italy i was gonna say italy ninja game italy namibia game yeah. um well it to be honest it summed up i think all of the rest of the other games oh, because on. the lead team or the team that's supposed to have gone in as massive favorites have had lots of handling errors has been loads of basic fundamental low ability yeah. at times and the underdog team has played really well and I think that that's kind of been the whole way through obviously New Zealand South Africa is I can't say the word anonymously um, but yeah I haven't been overwhelmed by it all to be honest I've actually really enjoyed them and this is something that you and I talked about before we started recording this I think they've been great games. I've been entertained by the rugby. I've li- I have to say, I have listened to a, a number of the games on Five Live and listening to things on the radio is a bit different because you do get a bit more colour because they have was to that, fill. Yeah. Was that in your dressing gown and with a pipe? <laughs> no, it was in the car, mate. When it took me three and a half hours to drive back from news the other day. I know. I'm joking. I, I, you know what? I've Touch actually worked on radio. And I really, enjoy, I really enjoyed working on radio. I think it's really good fun. It's very. You've got a face for radio. That's why, mate. Uh, I've definitely got hands for radio. Oh um, god. Yeah. Um. Had a bit of banter about those today. 
Did um, you? For me? Yeah, from Fiona Stockley from the Barbarians group. Oh, so she loved, So the, the Guinness advert that went out, <laughs> oh my God, like, What's really what's actually quite funny is we had paused the England game and so we were a little bit behind. So I was saying off social media and then went to fast forward through the adverts and only re- and realised it was me. I was like, oh God. Wait, you'd spent all week banging on. That's when it was going to be on as well. It just sums I you up. I was a bit tired from my early start. Um, but yeah, I, I think... To be honest, some of the messages from the people working in Japan that are over in Japan as fans um, have been that it's absolutely epic over there and it's really wild. The stadiums are pumping and the atmosphere around the games is brilliant. And like I love that because as a player, they'll be buzzing off of that. Um, I just know that in their analysis at the end of the game, uh, like, you know, today yesterday whenever it might be they'll be really frustrated and the top level players will be annoyed with themselves for some of the skill sets because like Parise I've never seen Sergio Parise make so many errors like in his whole career and you could see how frustrated he was getting and I and I can't work it out whether it's it's nerves whether it's the conditions um, are pretty tough though yeah but they've but they've been training in those, yeah. and I don't, I don't, can't work it out. Although when we played so off, when we played our first game in the 2017 World Cup, we played Spain. Now Spain aren't in the top tier; they're, they're second tier Six Nations, and they had a really good back line. Like it was pretty much the the, the whole of the sevens team yeah. were at the back line. Um, but we was we were really poor and made so many uncharacteristic errors it was really odd so as much as I'm saying I don't understand it we kind of finished that game and didn't really understand why we were like it but it does focus you it does give you uh, like you get it out the way and it wins a win and that and it is that case especially from a bonus point perspective and moving forward um but fair play to all the other teams especially Fiji wow yeah do you think Fiji have you seen the Reese Hodge card incident yeah, I have, and um, I I do agree with it being up to a red. I think in terms of how he approached it, I don't think there was any intent. But intent is never taken into consideration. It is the action. Yeah. Um, and he, I, I've made covering tackles like that, and you end up where you basically overchase, and so you end up hitting them with part of your body you're not meant to because yeah. your feet have carried you further, and and that's not an excuse, but it unfortunately has happened and it meant that a player had to leave the field and that's where the game is at. There were other things refereed differently throughout and there's been loads of controversy about the referees making decisions yeah. and and there's always uproar about it. But I think what's really pleasing is there hasn't been a massive uproar about lots of different tackles. Um, yeah. Obviously, that was one that didn't get a affected during the game um but it was something that riddled social media throughout loads of the Gallagher premiership last year and actually that hasn't been the case there's been other things that they need to look at and I'm sure do you think world rugby have an issue that the the refereeing is so inconsistent and it's so decisions seem to be so subjective depending on who's refereeing your game so if you've got one of the southern hemisphere referees you're kind of everything's being let go in terms of offside Whereas Wayne Barnes is far less relaxed about things like that. <laughs> I think, like, obviously they're human beings, so there's going to be a variance in how they do their job. But 
fundamentally, like their referees will be analysing their performance probably far more than the teams. Yeah. They're so critical and so brutal on themselves, on each other as a department in terms of world rugby. Um, I think they'll be doing everything they possibly can to standardise decision making. But, but also. As players and as teams, we analyse the referees more than yeah. more than anyone would ever realise, and that means you know that the the traits, you know the types of things they they do penalties for, they or they give penalties for or against, they when they card, where when in the games because they're humans at the end of the day. So yeah. you, you know, teams will go in knowing that they've got. They'll know exactly who they've got as referees. You know, England, it's looking like they'll have the referee from Italy, Namibia. Um, And so they will have been watching that game and looking at how he refereed it, what he was giving, the penalties he was awarding. um, And they'll be aware of it and they will be adjusting their game plan. They'll be adjusting how they want to play. And uh, and people might say that that's a strange thing to do. And is that fair? Well, of course it is. That's just like analysing your opposition. Um, And it's, it's all those fine margins that can make a difference. And it's not trying to manipulate a referee. It's playing with the referee. It's playing with them as a person and and actually managing what you do as a team controlling the controllables variables oh look at you i don't know right? <laughs> the the man One who the controls quotes. the what did um what did walsh used to have tattooed on his arm the or still have i assume you can't wash tattoos <laughs> off but um the man who controls himself <laughs> controls the game i might get that the girl who produces yeah. the pod produces the goods um anyway i'm losing it now last week you and i went to the magnificent kia oval in uh, that place is big isn't it standing in the middle of the field is it field yeah yeah in in the middle yeah in the middle um i i just couldn't get over how big it is a cricket field and how so we were playing with eight players each team so you got a bowler and a wicketkeeper who, yeah. big massive shout out to Giselle. Oh my God, she was epic. Unbelievable. But then you've got six people to, and we were, there was only half, of, not even half of the field that they, like 11 people would normally cover or nine people because the two out of it. And I, I couldn't get my head around it. I couldn't, like it is, it's so big. I have to, like, I have to say though, you weren't exactly setting your field positions to make the most of fielding. And also, you didn't seem to have any concept of that when the bowler changed end, you were meant to change where you were stood. You literally just stood on the boundary stretching for most of it, waiting to have a bat. I was enjoying the sunshine. I was actually panicking a little bit that someone would hit the ball really hard. Those cricket balls are hard. Then they, they fly. They mean business when they hit them at you. I think I think your skipper, Michael Vaughan, had also caught a glimpse of your hands when he basically just kept you on the boundary rope thinking, I ain't going to let anything go towards her. She's not going in slips. Let's just keep her as far away. I went into slips, actually. When did I, you go in the I slips? Panicked. Oh, wow. I went into slips in the... The slips. In the Legends game and, um, yeah, panicked the whole time I was there. But the only thing I can remember from when I played at school at the age of nine um, was that you changed ends at the end of an over, which I was really happy to be able to share with all of the rest of our team. And show off um, that knowledge. So it was brilliant. It was so much fun, and and it raised loads of money for the through the day um, for Laureus, which 
fundamentally was why I was there, um, why Michael Vaughan was there as an ambassador, uh, but also why everyone was there to be able to raise money for Laureus. And yeah. It actually I nicely think- brings us on to our first guests of the pod today. Um, they need very little introduction, mainly because we actually do that in the sit down interview with them. Um, but we sat down with two of our good mates from Laureus the Charity, and here they are. Nolly and I are at the Kia Oval today as part of the Laureus Super 8 cricket tournament. Laureus, obviously, a charity that Nolly's involved in. Um, if you've listened to the pod before, you'll have known about Lolly's involvement. Uh, ah, very funny. She's calling me Lolly because I've just done an interview and I was introduced as Lolly, but. I think I might start calling you that now. Do it. Lolly. Anyway, I had to bring you because you are the biggest cricket noors going. Um, you, have you had a nice time so far? Yeah, I've, I feel a little bit overawed by the long room, but... And dressing like you're a celebrity. You haven't taken your sunglasses off Mate, all day, even indoors. prescription. <laughs> like, let's be honest, I've got very bad eyesight. Well, they're like cricket balls. Anyway, um, yeah, we're with Laureus, and it's been an amazing um, experience coming here. But actually, in terms of the charity... They're here to raise money um, for all of the ama- brilliant, brilliant work that they do around the country and also around the world. It is a pretty epic charity. So we've actually been joined by two people who are um, staff at the charity, Charlie Wagner, sorry, Wager, and uh, Vicky Lowe, um, who both of you, sorry, Charlie, say hi. Uh, hi, guys. Vicky, say hi. Hola. So these two are... Um, basically different roles at the charity. Charlie's role is looking after the ambassadors. So obviously a lot of people are going to be wondering at home how difficult it is to look after somebody like Lolly Waterman. Yeah, I mean, obviously Lolly has been <laughs> has been working with us for a, for a little while now. Um, she doesn't always bring her agent to these events, but it's, it's great to have you with us as well. Um, and you know what, if, if everybody had been through the eight-week training course that, that Lolly's been through, then I think we'd be in a much better place. So talk to me about your role specifically, Charlie. You actually... I can't think of many cooler jobs in terms of the people that you deal with. And granted, it's probably really hard work and, you know, like herding cats at times. But you get to mix with the absolute great and the good. And we use that term a lot. But these are the genuine great and the good of world sport. How lucky are you? Uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty lucky. I can't, I can't complain, right? The, uh, it's, a, it's an incredible privilege to work with the, the kind of sports people that, that Loris are lucky enough to have the support of. Um, we have the, the Laureus Academy members who are all retired sporting legends. Um, yeah, they're like the creme de la creme. Brian Habana and I are just the ambassadors, so we're like the tier below. The, I, I say, <laughs> I say Nolly and Brian are, are classic examples of Academy members in training. Oh, oh yes! Uh, you know, kind of, they've, they've reached the, the pinnacle of their, their athletic careers, but they're, they're still kind of, you know, working their way up Don't the Laureus ladder. Don't retire me, Charlie. I might still play. There's still, there's still time. <laughs> there's still time. I mean, I might Not a cricket, cricket <laughs> You um you were obviously grown in a test tube by Laureus. Um so <laughs> in real terms, I find this interesting. But you went to do work experience at this charity when you're fifteen years old and you are now seventy two and you're still working for them. <laughs> Does that mean that it's actually a really cushy gig or are you just genuinely passionate about what this charity do and what this organization's all about? Yeah, it's it's remarkably cheesy, isn't it? But uh unfortunately I am just incredibly lucky to do something I genuinely believe in. Uh, and the work that Laura Sport for Good supports around the world it genuinely works. And, and we're starting to do more and more 
uh, to prove that it works uh, and and hopefully we can kind of showcase the the kind of programs that Loris is supporting in order to get more people to believe in it, more people to fundraise for us uh, and to prove that sport really does have the power to change the world. I think that's a pretty powerful message. That was a hell of a speech. Follow that, Vic. I know. Follow that, Vicatron. So I have the privilege of sitting next to Vicky and you're you're just Vicky from Loris, but what's your actual role? My actual role is, my official title on the business card says Head of Development. Wow. In terms of my link to Laureus, actually, you're, you were my in. You were, the, you were the person that invited me along. We met at, when you were in your previous role, and they were looking for some unbelievable ambassadors from the sporting world, um, people that could represent you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I, when you got in contact and reached out and asked me, and I did a little bit of research about Laureus and just was like, why on earth am I alongside all of those ridiculously famous sporting um, heroes but in terms of the work that you do what what is it at Laureus? So as Charlie said we're a charity but we need to raise as much money and as get as many people as possible to support us so my job and the team is to try and find those people try and find those businesses people to come to events like our super eights today at the oval and then the more money we can raise the more programs around the world we can support. And in terms of your role, you do travel around the world a little bit, but is there anything that has really touched your heart in terms of what you've seen with the programmes or people that you've met and, and kind of some of their stories? I think everyone will have their favourite programmes, but for me it's always the, the programme that I've just seen is my favourite. And you, Nolly, you've been out to see a fair few as well. So it's just meeting different people that have had their lives changed, and that might be you know, a young girl at the awards in, in Monaco this year and, and you were there with us. Our um, Sport for Good Award winner was an amazing programme called Ewa. They use football to work with young girls in rural rural India. Um, in the village that they're from, on average, about 60% of girls get married under the age of 16. Young girls on our programme with Ewa, none of them. So you meet those girls and they're full of life and full of confidence. They speak three or four languages. They're traveling the world. And all of that is because they picked up a football and kicked a football around in a program that they had an opportunity to join. So that's my favorite because that's the most recent one that I've seen. Um, and actually, I can second that completely in terms of how inspiring it was to meet the young girls. And they spoke better than anyone that was presenting the awards. Um, and even though it was English was their fourth language. But um, like in, in terms of your role and being able to give back because you're a rugby coach down in Tunbridge. Um, how is it, some, like, and you've played rugby, how do you see what y- you've got through sport in terms of the role that you're, you're doing now and how can you link that up with these young people that are getting to experience sport for the first time? I mean, sport is the only thing that I've ever been hugely, hugely passionate about. Not quite as good a rugby player as you. Uh, Glad I never had to play against you. (laughs) I think I would have lost. Um, But sport for me has given me any of my confidence, leadership, just enthusiasm, I think, to go and experience things. Uh, Playing a team sport definitely gives you those skills as well. So it's given me everything that I consider to be strengths of mine. So if I can give that back by working for a charity like Laureus, as Charlie said, he's got the best job in the world. I've got the best job in the world. And if you spoke to anyone else that works for Laureus, they would all say the same thing. I think what's really interesting is if you look you at Laureus's genuinely, <laughs> Laureus's social media, you see 
the biggest names and you know i have obviously posted about 50 million times a picture of michael johnson and i from the um dinner in hong kong that norris were the um i'm sure he does um he took great pleasure in showing me his holiday photos from baja but that's for another time uh it is the biggest names of global sport and these people are giving their time for free so today you've got michael vaughan here and monty panasar and they are here completely for Uh, free (coughs) (laughs) <laughs> Nolly Wa- Lolly Waterman <laughs> how much selflessness do you see from people who are the biggest names in world sport the most famous sportsmen ever yeah it's we're very lucky uh, they are all volunteers none of them are paid uh, and they all give their time extremely generously because we appreciate that all of these people have their own lives, their own families, sponsor commitments, all of these things going on. But they do genuinely take the time to come down, visit the young people from our programs, and inspire that next generation, uh, and obviously help us fundraise at events like this today at the, the Laureus Super 8s at the Kia Oval. And I think the other side of it is that they also get a lot from it as well. Uh, I think Nolly would be the first to agree that it kind of it does have an impact on our ambassadors when they come and visit the programs and spend time with some of these young people. Uh, and I think they take a lot from it too. It's an absolute privilege to be able to go to some of the programmes to meet the young people, see the, see the programmes that they're on and the opportunities that they're getting and also the amazing, wonderful volunteers that run most of those charities and the, and the passion and enthusiasm that they have to be able to provide those um, those activities for the young people is really inspiring as well. Um, you know, my mum is someone that has always done a lot of volunteer work and something that I really love to do. So to be able to be part of something like Laureus and to be able to tra- travel the world with them going into the different programmes is, um, I don't know, it, it, we keep going on about it being amazing, but it genuinely is. And uh, it's something that as an athlete you take for granted being able to play in the best stadiums, doing some really super cool things so to be able to give back and to be able to um see that the young people try rugby for the first time or cricket for the first time what it might be um at the same time as meeting other athletes and hearing about their journeys and their stories is um i don't know it's pretty unique and uh, i think i'm i'm very proud you should be and i think something that is important for people at home to know you might not have heard of laureus as a charity but what i can assure you you will have heard of programs that are around you that are directly funded and impacted by laureus so so school most of school of hard knocks is the one that obviously springs to mind for both of us but there will be plenty around you and that's something we urge you to go and look at what laureus are doing their social media their website it is an absolutely epic charity and something that more people need to be aware of. Um, I've got one last question. Um, it's for you, LJ, and you, Vicky. Oh. Um, you've both looked great today. Um, you've both swanned around in your sunglasses. Who of you is going to take your sunglasses off and come out onto that field and actually play a little bit of cricket? I'm wearing a skirt, so not me. Um, it could could be seen as a skirt. Well, it couldn't be because it's not a skirt. And Vicky, what's shorts. your excuse? I don't think I have any anymore. Skirts or skorts or... Excuses. Get Vicky in the middle. <laughs> exactly. Get right. Vicky in the middle. Okay, so um, can I just say on behalf of the Tryhards, thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you for inviting you. us. Thank, thank you, you for having us. For two events now, allowing LJ to join um, the crew. Um, my mum sends her love after a great time in Hong Kong. Um, 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cheers, guys. We are now sat in the pavilion at the Oval, joined by an absolute legend of cricket, but better known now as Lolly Skip here <laughs> at the Oval. Welcome to Try Hearts Podcast, Michael Vaughan. Uh, good afternoon. Um, I'm delighted to be here. I like podcasts where, as I walk up a staircase, I get given a PIMS. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what we bring to That's every podcast. That's hospitality for you. Yes. And you've even had one refilled. Look at that. That is unbelievable. And I've had one as well. Excellent. Get it down, yeah. Anyway. It's like down in one. That's what you're doing, rugby. Buffalo, which actually... Drink aware. You're lucky. We don't. don't, No, unfortunately. Drink aware we don't. But you're lucky that this is a podcast because that was a right-hand sip from uh, Mr. Michael Vaughan. So... Two fingers. Is that what it is? Buffalo. What's buffalo? Is that down in one? What, just for right-hand drinking? Yeah. There's strict rules in rugby, but you don't need to do that because today is all about cricket. I used to do that on my stag do. <laughs> I'm back in 203. <laughs> Left hand drinking for the whole trip in Marbella. What time of year did you go to Marbella for your stag? Straight after the cricket season, so about this time of year. So actually, that really lovely brings me on to the thing I wanted to ask you about. And Nolly's going to say I'm nausing off a bit about this. So can I just put into context LJ? LJ is a great friend of mine, obviously, from a really tiny part of England, Wales. Um, (laughs) And and I didn't realise until the ashes came around just how much of a nause she was when it came to cricket which interesting got some good facts out of her um but when i asked her to come to this day you can imagine her reaction (laughs) ultimate geek mode yeah anyway shut up (laughs) so 2003 you're stagging but this time of year world cup so would you have watched england lift the world cup in 2003 Uh, absolutely i was in sri lanka 
We were on tour in Sri Lanka. I know exactly where I was. It was in the Taj Samudra Hotel bar, watching the the final. So reminiscing about how potentially we could emulate that that kind of team and, and win something a couple of years after. But that's actually what I was going to ask you about. So you're in Sri Lanka, and then you whitewash the West Indies. The next summer, you whitewash New Zealand here, and then summer 2005, you of course win that historic Ashes, Edgbaston. I still think it's a better test than Headingley. Loved it. That's where I really fell in love with test cricket. You know your cricket. Thanks. But ask her a fact. Ask her no, a question. Not I want to ask, ask a question. No, no, ask ask LJ a question just to see how much of a geek she is. Um, I'm not a geek. I'm a fan. Okay. I'm a fan, Michael. So I'm not a geek. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a yes or no. Okay. Did Steve Smith score more boundaries this Ashes series than David Warner scored runs? I actually listened to you and Isha on Sunday on TMS. And we were talking about yeah, it. Yeah, so we were talking about it. So he... Super fun. Wait, so, wait, <laughs> no, I can't remember. So yes, Warner finished on 96, did he? So he didn't make 100 runs 95. over the... 95. And yes, he did. I think you're right. I think because actually... I and you were 10 out when you guessed it. Yeah, and, and I think um, we said it was 107 boundaries, but it wasn't. It was 97, yeah, but he still so did it. Yeah, so he still did it. Yeah. How good to see David Warner underperform. So you didn't really know that perform. answer, did you? you just I was trying to justify my yeah. guess. Yeah. She was putting in stats in there just to make out that she was super interested in you and your career. And I was actually going to ask a genuine question, though. So okay, sorry, sorry, Karen. Thanks. 2003, England won a World Cup. Mm. As an England captain, how much does that inspire you in those two seasons that Hugely. followed? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I got to know Martin Johnson uh, well. Lawrence Delalio, Will Greenwood, uh, Matt Dawson. Because you play. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah name drops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah sorry. We, we know who they in. are, Michael. But it was more because I knew them. You obviously hang around with them a bit, play a bit of golf, drink a bit. Lads, lads, lads. Um, and it was everything that we tried to wanted to emulate. You know, you see a, a World Cup team come back, get the ovation like they did through the streets, Trafalgar, and all that kind of nonsense. We didn't expect that in 05, and we got a, a similar thing. But uh, it's all about in sport having someone before you that you kind of can emulate so flip it on its head how much do you think watching England win the World Cup in England this summer is going to inspire this 2019 England Rugby World Cup team uh, I hope so I mean it's 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 a different format to what it inspired us to do, which was the Ashes in 05 but you generally do get a buzz about teams that do well it doesn't matter what the team is the Solheim Cup team only a few days ago you watched that epic on finish for Europe wasn't well, it it was yeah unreal I mean, and you kind of watched that and it was um, very similar to what the drama was in cricket this this summer with the World Cup final with Ben Stokes that Headley Sunday with Ben Stokes Joffre Archer uh, Steve Smith just dramatic moments and sport just delivers it just keeps delivering it seems to get better and better I mean I didn't know until the Monday after the World Cup final that there was an incredible Wimbledon final yeah <laughs> I didn't have a clue I didn't, I didn't even know. It. I was like, really? I said, I had to watch it back just yeah. to kind of justify why everyone said, oh, you should have watched the Wimbledon final. So I was actually commentating on the World Cup final, which can't get any more dramatic. And yeah. so the Wimbledon final was equally as dramatic. Uh, we just seem to be in the sporting era that the impossible is on. Yeah. You know, I reckon in my time in the 90s when I came through, the impossible was never on. Like, nothing dramatic. Right. I mean, there was good games and there was great individual performance, but... There's never that kind of game where you thought there's no way that can happen. What Ben Stokes achieved, that cannot happen, and it happened. The World Cup final with the fact that a ball was thrown in from the boundary and Ben Stokes dived, he's not even looking at the ball, hits his back yeah, and goes for four. <laughs> that cannot happen. 
that's not allowed to happen, yet it did happen. So it's proof that uh, although, things happen in sport. Although it actually can't happen. Wasn't the school wrong? Well, they should have. Yeah, I think they, they could have. Yeah, it, it, you know, shh, shh, I mean, shh, we won't wait. We've got the World Cup, so we don't mention things that could have gone against us. Uh, again, but it's. Like, I looked back 2003 when England won that World Cup and Johnny's moment, and it was almost meant to be. And this year it was meant to be. Can you imagine not liking sport? Can you imagine being one of those people? Well, again, in in, in this country at the minute, let's be honest, it's going through a load of crap. Yeah. You know, the political nonsense that we're involved in. Yet what sport achieves is is everyone's minds to kind of forget about what the nonsense is. Because we just love watching sport and sporting teams and our sports people just do things that we all would like to do ourselves. And we get around the telly or the radio and it creates conversation away from the nonsense. Do you know what, you say that, I wonder what your opinion is on... So one of the biggest things about that Sunday... Am I going to go questioning? No, okay, cool, cool. Is <laughs> It's all right, this is uh, about LJ today. The pims Lovely nice. pims. We we were all watching the cricket final. We weren't watching the tennis final because Sky gave but the Sunday rights yeah. of the final to Channel 4. Yeah. Although, although I actually arrived at Sky Sports because I was commentating on the Red Roses game over in uh, America, so the rugby, and they had the tennis on a TV, they had... The, no, on a laptop, they had the cricket on a TV. It was like amazing. Like it was all of this sport going on, and I wonder how many, both how much electricity TV. was actually being used on all of the different <laughs> devices, and people like swapping between the two and doing. Oh, it's, it was epic, and I, I learned stuff about cricket. Like as a non, I think what's cool about sport for me is in terms of, it doesn't actually matter if it's the sport that you play. When it's a big tournament, there's big moments, there's inspirational people involved, like cool stories, stuff happening, like you say, that never happens. That's what gets well, That was the thing. Behind. My mum was like, what's a super over? We don't know either, mum. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a clue at the time. Well, I knew what a super over was, but I was like, what? So England can win the World Cup on more boundaries hit. It's almost like we were just creating the rules. It's like being in the back garden going, how, how can we end up winning? <laughs> uh, all right, how many ba- oh, we've got more. It's on boundaries. That's exactly how we're going to win the World Cup. It was just all meant to be. Um, you know, you look at the, the football, the women's football. You know, millions and millions watching the England women's team. You know, my kids are, are, are sporting kids, but they've never watched women's football, ever, until this summer. And my little one, who's nine... Every day after school, who's playing tonight, Dad? Can I have your phone? She wanted to look at the app, see who was playing. We're going around the telly, we're going to watch the football. It's going to be the women's. Who would have thought that 10 or 15 years ago? Got a little boy, yeah, he'll watch anything. He's like a sporting tragic. Um, (laughs) But it is the power of of people being able to see it. I mean, cricket has has been, um, you know, looked after by Sky for years and years. And we, we, we owe Sky Sports a huge amount because they funded pretty much the grassroots, the women's game, the county game, the international game for years. But it just proves that if you can just offer one opportunity, you know, to get 8.6 million watching the final. Um, and I, and it, it worries me that we'd, we're not going to be able to see a test match on free to air going forward because it is still the pinnacle. It's still the best format. And I'd love just one test. You know, like Wimbledon for two weeks, we suddenly all become tennis fans. We all hate it for the pretty much 12 months. The Olympic went, Games. Yeah. All, oh, the Winter Olympics. Like we learn about curling. Yeah. Is it hurling? Curling. 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 <laughs> Skeleton Bob, I know everything about it for two <laughs> weeks a year. Yeah, but that's, that, it just shows you that when it's seen and people start talking about it, you know, it's important that, you know, a test match for me, the Lord's test match every, every year should be on free-to-air TV. And, and, and it's not that Sky shouldn't produce it. They do a great job. They're brilliant. But I think it also gave 8.6 million people the chance to watch that Channel 4 
World Cup final, and it was also a, a, a message that Sky Sports produced cricket brilliantly. Their commentary is outstanding, everything around it, their analysts are magnificent. You know, and it was their, their showcase as well. So it was great for the game. Um, I'd just like to see one test per round. I'm not, I'm not asking for too much. One thing, though, if it does stay on Sky, is it means people have to listen to TMS. I am an absolute TMS nose. I love it. I think the licence fee is worth it alone <laughs> for TMS. How good is it to work on that? Great. I mean, you don't ever send in any cakes, do you? We, 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 we do advise... Can you back to Cardiff? Uh, well, that's not. <laughs> 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 Why would we want to do that? I mean, you've had enough. Um... No, it's, it's a joy. I mean, lucky. I mean, we're all lucky to be involved in sport, but uh, to think that I turn up and talk cricket and people sending cakes and pies and all sorts of nonsense for us to eat. Um, no, I mean, I've, I've worked with what I would describe as some of the, the great characters of broadcast. You know, Jonathan Agnew, Henry Blowfield, Jeffrey Boycott, all completely different. So, <laughs> Jeffrey, yes. And uh, someone you've worked with recently who I had the privilege of chatting to, Isha Gua. Oh, the from my perspective, as someone that's going into commentary in the men's game of rugby, I'm going to be working on the World Cup. Um, speaking to her, having already done a World Cup, done the Ashes, um, it was brilliant to get that inside kind of information. But also, she said the value of working alongside you guys and the support that you give her yeah, um, coming through. Yeah, we, we, we've, no, we, we've had um, girls involved with commentary for years, and it's great. You know, I don't think... I don't know of any that kind of go, oh, the girls are here, why are they kind It's like, great, we, we, we actually like girls, you know, yeah. we like being around and we have a bit of fun. It's, uh, no, Isha's done unbelievable. She works with me in Australia now at Fox. Uh, Mel Jones is outstanding. Alison Mitchell, uh, Ebbs is coming through. Ebbs is kind of the, the kind of fun one. She's a bit bonkers, <laughs> likes a bit of her music and on a drum. Uh, but you need different, you know, you need a... Personality. You, you, need, you do, you need, you need people that see the game differently. You know, you, you need different voices and... I think we have it absolutely spot on in cricket. That we have a, a real fine balance, a nice mix. Um, we all take the piss out of each other. It doesn't matter who you are. It's like being in the dressing room. Uh, there's none of that. This them and us, that yeah. sort of garbage. Um, yeah, Isha. I must admit, I, mean, I think Isha's just got, found this 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 position. She's going to present everything. I can see her. She's going to be the new Sue Barker. Nice. Stop it. I want the question of sport role. No, you're not getting it. So you're, she's going to be the new Sue Barker, I reckon. In 10 years' time, she's going to be everywhere. Decent. And she's such a great, great woman as well. But like, in terms of your role as a past player, um, how much are you involved with the lads now? Like in Because you spoke earlier about um, when we did a little Q&A, mm. and you spoke about being involved, but also they don't realise what they've achieved in terms of the World Cup. But like, do you go and speak to them would you go and talk yeah. to them before tournaments or yeah. before games or, or anything like I, that I never ever do anything as a group okay. I, I'd never um, go into the England team you know, it's not my job to do so now but um, I, I do have a relationship with quite a lot of the players and I always say look I've got to do my job uh, I'll always be honest and upfront. if I feel you're playing rubbish I'll say it if I feel you're not switched on I'll say it if I feel that you're letting yourself down I'll say it I said but if you ever want a a soundboard away from your inner bubble of what the England team is where you know we've been in teams and sometimes there's a there's a there's a line on the outfield there oh. is a line there's a line <laughs> on the outfield you didn't know that was going to be there we today, go no um so there you go the lines on the outfield but it's <laughs> it, it, it's it's one of those things that you, you know the players know and I say to them if you ever want a, a view from someone that's not in that bubble 
but been there and done it. If you're in a bubble, generally you get buttered up and it's not always as honest as it should be because people are scared of saying something that might upset them. I said, if you want the truth, just ring us. Do you find it hard, though, when you look at England at the moment, I guess the biggest thing is that the batting order's just not firing and you know what it's like to be a, a batsman captain and, and Root's not really getting the runs that we saw him get a couple of years ago when we would have put him up there with Steve Smith. So as much as you want to be honest, is it? do you find it frustrating and you've kind of got to pee to yourself a little bit and tone it down? No, I mean, Joe's a good pal. I mean, we, we're from the same club, uh, same village. Uh, Something in friend. the water? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, well, I always say to Joe that you, you've, you've pretty much emulated everything I've done in terms of... So you want to be... Yeah, he's got me. I also surprised you don't even nick my wife. You know. <laughs> he's uh, he's done great, but uh, you know he's batted at three. It was the wrong move. He should be at four. Um, I mean, I analyse his captaincy a lot because I have to, and I don't think he gets enough praise that he's, he's doing a lot right. But he also made mistakes, and he'll be the first to admit that. But because he's he's under pressure, and because his team haven't won the Ashes, and the Aussies have got the urn back going down under. He lost 4-0 in Australia. It has been about the one-day game and suddenly the tests arrived and the Ashes have gone, oh, wait a minute, what are we doing in test cricket? It all looked a little bit haphazard. Of course, the finger points at the, the leadership group, but I look at it, he's had two and a half years of experience. Uh, I, I think he's made a lot of good calls. You know, he's won a lot of games. Uh, he hasn't won the Ashes, which is what it's about, but, you know, why would you get rid of someone that's had two and a half years of experience? He's still young. If he can get his mind right and go to number four and get his batting a bit more consistent for the big scores... You know, who else would you want to captain in two and a half years' time who's already had experience of captain in Australia? It has to be Joe Root. So he's got now a real chance with the team to, to get a team around him that actually dedicate the structure around Test Match cricket. It has been about winning the World Cup and it worked. Now, the, I, I talked about it on Test Match Special, that the Test team need a bit of loving. Yeah. They need a little bit of TLC. And I'm sure with a new coach coming in, maybe a, a new structure to the coaching team, uh, Joe will have a little bit more loving around his team rather than just the white ball team, which is what it's been about for four years. I found out the other day that I didn't realise that the captain of a cricket team basically caused everything. Yeah. Because as much as in, in rugby the captain is important on field, so when a penalty happens, is it a scrum, kick post, whatever it is, or the on-field leaders, but you actually pretty much run the team. Like the yeah. coaches kick back. Like just at the field, yeah. yeah like, I think it's a bit different. I think it's it's changing a little bit. I think there's a lot more data and analysts involved okay. with the tactical side. And is that fed into the captain yeah. to then decide how so. that? Because that's I, a lot of pressure. Yeah, I mean the the captain. I mean, I got it at a time when I had a little bit of support uh, before my time, probably in the 80s, 90s. The captain did everything. The captain used to like set out the travel plans and the nets, the practice. Make the tea? The, yeah, Did you make that? I wouldn't say the captain made the tea, but probably <laughs> had a say in what they had for tea. <laughs> Whereas my time, it was yeah, involved heavily in selection, um, structure. Picking the actual team? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I never, now they're a selectors. I never, ever went on the team, uh, went on the field without my 11. Never. Really? Never. No, See, I find that, uh, I just can't get my head. As a rugby player, I can't imagine being a captain and being like, actually, I'm going to, pick this team but then I suppose if you're like tactically making all those decisions then you need the people that are in your mind to to live that for you and also cricket is such a a long game that you're with these I was bored bored after five minutes out there I mean I just got distracted I mean it was great fun but that's why alliances arrive on the (laughs) try try and eat a few um yeah cricket's a a long game and it's a it's a very mentally challenging game so you know as a captain you get to know everything about everyone and I've always said about leadership, forget the tactical side, it's, it's down to you to find out who you're leading. If you, if you don't know who you're leading, how can you lead them? 
So you have to go out your way to make sure that you understand who the people are, that you're, not, the, not the actual sports people, the people. And leadership is about managing people. Whether you're a cricket captain, rugby captain, football, business, whatever it is, it's about can you manage that person? But how can you manage the person if you don't know who they are? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest mistake a lot of leaders make is they don't find out who they lead and they just lead. And they, they're guessing about the personality. So we went through everything in finding out the personality traits of every player. And I needed to know. Do you do then, insights? Absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't say... Well, those I, types I, of well, colour personality are you? Uh, what am I? What, it's the Myers-Briggs thing, you know, that, that questionnaire oh, that you fill in. Nolly's obsessed with, like, the colour thing. Yeah. So she, like, meets people, she goes, you're a yellow, yeah. you're yeah. a blue. Well, Jeffrey Boycott's about the, the, the Chinese New Year, so what, what kind of animal you are. So I'm a tiger. I'm a dragon. Dragon, tiger. He's you're a rat, aren't you, I'm mate? A, a, a so flea, boy. I don't know. I'm not quite sure <laughs> what yeah, I am. Boycott, I think, is a monkey. Yeah, so he's all over that kind of stuff. I'm more into the, you know, the person out of what makes someone tick away from the game. You know, what what makes them get does up that, in the morning. Does that How do you manage your game? Everything. Yeah. I want to know what the motivations are. I want to know, you know, so some players, they're motivated by cash, making money. That's fine. I need to know. Some players are motivated by uh, stats. They want an average of X, you know, and they've got to achieve Y by the finish. Fine, I need to know. Some players are just playing and just love playing cricket. Again, I need to know. So when the pressure's on out in the middle, we're just about to go out, I, I, I would find it better if I knew everything about that personality because I could just trigger something into their ear, you know, just a conversation. I could just say, remember what we're doing this for. I know what you're doing it for. Do you um, do much work with any of the current international athletes, uh, like international captains across sports? No, I mean, I, you say you, you knew Jono and actually sit, I don't really know him as a person, but if you speak to lots of players that played under him in that 2003 team, mm. they really do sing his praises as a leader. Mm. Like, do you think that you like knowing him and listening to him and, and, and obviously seeing what he did has inspired like who you are now and on reflection why you were like that as a captain, or yeah. is that just your style? No, it was my style. I mean, I um, I, I had huge admiration for, for Martin Johnson. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson is someone I I just admire uh, I think he's a genius at what he does uh, but he's my dad my dad used to say you've got to know people my dad's always managed people and it was my dad really said if you're going to be the England captain and by the way when I got the job I rang him and said oh, I'm England captain and I know you don't like swear words and he just on the phone went well, we must be struggling <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like my dad big Jim yeah, so that's the kind of family that I come from they would kind of have a bit of a laugh about it but he always managed people and he always said to me when you're captain Forget your slips and your bowling changes. You know, you'll get that, but it's about how you're going to get the best out of the other 10 players. And I, I think that that leads on quite nicely to the work that we do in terms of supporting Laureus and actually creating an opportunity for young people to... like They're part of an amazing programmes around the country that mm. are run by volunteers, by charities that are providing them with a chance to um, play sport for the first time, whether it be mm. cricket, whether it be rugby. But actually, how do you find your role and what you learned through sport and who like your parents were helps you in terms of the ambassador side and actually going in and relating to these young people? Well, I, it's, I'm, I, I was very privileged that you know, m my mum and dad, you know, they, they, were, they weren't wealthy at all. You know, I just went to a normal state school, but 
they could afford to get me to places. So I was in Sheffield. I had to go to Leeds twice a week. Sheffield? To yeah. It's a nice Steel place. Steel City, Sheffield Wednesday, if you're asking football clubs, by the way. <laughs> uh, there's only one team. Um, and my, my mum and dad would, would, would take me. I'd have to get the bus down from my school to Penniston, and my dad would take me from his work where he worked up to Leeds, and, and, and we'd get there. And I was fortunate for that. But there are a lot of kids that have got a lot of talent that don't get that opportunity. They don't have the parents and they don't have the network around them that give them that opportunity. That's why all the projects that Loris do globally, it's, it's about creating opportunities for those that can't. And it's about giving people the chance to play sport and being a part of a, a sporting, I call it a sporting gang rather than a street gang. You know, why be in a street gang when you can be in a sporting gang? You know, sporting gangs, are, don't tell me that it's cool to be in a street gang. How can it be cool standing on a corner with knives? How can that be cool? But it's cool being in a sports team, whatever it is, and winning and having fun and creating friendships and also losing. Losing, I reckon, we, we talk about in sport, it's always about the, the real heroes of what they've done and achieved and they've won things and it's about the celebrations. Actually, some of my best times and best moments in a team when we lost. You know, in the dressing room, we lost and we're all looking at each other, all those lower than snakes' bellies, wondering how are we going to come back. Great quote. Yeah, and you can't. Great of, saying. Like saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's those moments that people forget to, you know, and send them to the next generation. It's, that's inspiring. That forget about the win. It's actually great being in teens sometimes when you lose because you learn a lot about each other more than when you win. When you're winning, everything always seems to be rosy and a lot of cracks are papered over. When you lose, it's brutal because the honesty comes out because people start telling the truth. Winning, winning's what, what it's about, but it's also equally as, as important to accept losing. And all these gangs that we talk about and this togetherness of discipline and work, you know, I think we're in a country now that realise what needs to happen and we're trying to change something, but it's going to take a long, long time to really inspire and make sure that every single kid in the country has the chance to play sport. I'm, I'm massive, forget all this, who, who do we vote for? You know, I just don't understand why kids aren't made to have two hours at least per week of physical education so they're made to do maths and English great absolutely should but there's a lot of subjects that they're made to do that you think do they need it but what they desperately need is activity and whether it's sports whether it's dance whether it's just whether it's just walking for two hours a week just walking and chatting again we're in an area where it's all about the social phone it's all about you know Instagram I'm probably the, the person that shouldn't be speaking about because I'm on it all the time but you and think you are oh, looking pretty decent in your Wooden My glass. Wooden shades, and, but yeah. wouldn't it be great if we said, you know, for two hours a week, every single kid will have physical education. And by the way, maybe for 45 or 30 minutes, we're just going to walk and talk. Going to get rid of all the iPads, the computers, all the technology. We're just going to talk. Teach kids how to talk again. My kids are useless. Get them around the dinner table. They can't talk. That's what my mum says. Kids that eat around the dinner table, that's the secret. I don't it's think you've you ever been told that you can't talk. I know, because I eat around the dinner table every night. It's interesting you say about um, <laughs> two hours exercise, because that's exactly what they do in Japan and Japanese culture, which brings us on lovely to the Rugby World Cup. I know you're a massive rugby union stato and you love it. We're going to get you on our Match Pint app in the Tryhards League, so you could be predicting and winning pints of Guinness. So I want you to tell me, who's going to win the Rugby World Cup this year in Japan? Um, the All Blacks. Thanks for being patriotic and supporting England. Uh, uh, England have got a chance, of course. I like Eddie Jones. He was at the Test match. Ed Baston, probably putting him under the bus. It was absolutely smashed. Had a great dinner with him. Drinks well. There's uh, Eddie Jones. Nice, uh, <laughs> nice glass of red in his hand. Uh, yeah, England have got a chance. I think he's picked a brave team. He's picked quite a, a youthful team that can work. Uh, the All Blacks have just got. Uh, they're the, they're the 
the best sporting team in the world, in my eyes, just with everything that the All Blacks stand for, the hacker. Uh, it's just that unity. They don't, they don't deal with what's what's the word? What I to say? Losing. They, they get rid of, don't they? Yeah. That's Fitzy's policy, isn't it? You're being so well. Like the one yeah. thing I said to Michael before he came on was the the rule no we swearing. have is no swearing, and no, you've only I'm slipped one in, so it's fine. No, two, I think two. I but, but that's fine. Um, how do you think? As we've, I mean, you've mentioned England are okay. Eddie's the all right yeah. guy. How South do you think Africa Wales? Stru- how do you think Wales will do? No chance. <laughs> Why? Got no chance. Well, first and foremost, they've got a coach that's been sent home. In adversity. Yeah, yeah, for corruption. Yeah, in adversity, things happen. What's happening in Wales rugby at the minute? <laughs> you got no chance, let's be honest. South Africa, got a sniff. <laughs> Scotland, no chance. Uh, Aussies, they look poor. Um, Aussies beat the All Blacks a couple of weeks ago, Michael. No, 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 no. That was a, an All Black like fifth team. The All Blacks do this. They're clever. They just kind of roll out these teams and give everyone a little bit of hope, and they just peak at the right time. They know how to win World Cups. They will win this World Cup. And are you going to be watching? Are you going to be Absolutely. cheering yep. on from home? Yep. You're on telly, aren't you? You'll hear my voice, yes. unfortunately. Yes. If Absolutely. you're watching Italy Namibia on Sunday morning at 6am. Perfect, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be just coming in. I'll be... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's on a good time. England games are around 10.45 in the morning. Is that it right? is England Tonga this weekend. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think it's, it's great times waking up on a Saturday morning. Um, Sunday. Sunday morning even. <laughs> weekend. Hungover. Putting the rugby on. Sweet, sweet charity and all that. And I vom. And do, I think. Do, do you think what, what Wales going to do? They're going to get knocked out early, aren't they? They'll get England in the quarterfinals, something like that. Uh, I actually think we will beat Australia, so we won't get England if England top there. Who group. will you get if that happens? If you don't, do you know uh, whoever comes second in your group? Oh, so Argentina, Argentina. Or France, maybe. Okay, no chance. No, Wales <laughs> poor. Got a good coach. A great coach, the Gap Father. You've got a very good head coach. Your other coach has gone home. <laughs> but then maybe our new attack coach will be even better. On that note, I'm not going to take any more of this slating, as Nolly thought sledging was called. I wonder what bet he had. But it wasn't on Wales winning. Oh, all the lols here. Listen to this guy. Well, can I say it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you, apart from play. apart from the fact that you were. You were at Wicket Keeper and you caught me on a little nick. But you let me stay out for a little you, while. I didn't realise you uh, did a podcast with a cheat. <laughs> oh, mate, you, you don't Hang on a second, I'm pretty sure you stayed out it. when you got out as well. But hey. Yeah, I was at LBW, the umpire, don't give me out. <laughs> Just stare him down. <laughs> don't give me out. It's absolutely plum. Poor guy. I actually got bowled second ball by some fella as well. I've been, that's why I'm up here, I'm hiding from But me. hey, it's all about the sporting occasion for everyone else. You're actually doing it for everyone else, giving right, them yeah, giving them well, moments and memories. I don't know what it is about this, though. So we've done it for two years now, the Laurier Super 8, and each year in September, so it's a risk. You know, let's be honest, the UK weather's a bit vulnerable. And two <laughs> years now, it's been absolutely glorious. You know, there's people playing in shorts, little kid playing, look at this, that's what it's about. There's a little boy out there, he must be... Oh, no, he's bald. (laughs) Commentator's curse. No, he's bald, first ball. On that note, Vaughny, thank you so much. He's bald by Monty Panasso. How old is he, about 10? That's what it's about. Well, that's what... Yeah, yeah, that's what is learning. You learn harsh reality as a child (laughs) in a charity event. Oh, he's white one. Look at that. Oh, good lad. Go on, there's another kid out there. Who's that other kid? There's kids arriving everywhere. Mm. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time yeah, and enjoy the World Cup. I will. Um, I think England can win it, you know, just to end on a positive. But Wales, no. Sorry. We'll, we'll find out on November the 2nd. Wales. Oh, that's a long pod this week. I know, but worth it.
but definitely worth it. Um, let's not especially oh. to see your face in terms of how happy you were to get to interview Michael Vaughan. What a ledge! What and a And obviously Charlie and Vicky. And obviously Charlie and Vicky. Um, on that note, we'll uh, we'll let you guys go because you're probably on your commute now, just about pulling into work or tapping your Oyster card or something. Um, but obviously, a final reminder: if you haven't yet signed up for Match Pint, it's not too late. What's our league pin, Nolly? Try hard. Try hard. Knock it in there. Get involved. Um, and we'll speak to you next week. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 